stepping out with U.S. term limits. Hi, this is Philip Lumel. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the term limits movement for the week of July 22, 2019. Your sanctuary from partisan politics. The U.S. term limits team was on the road over the weekend with Nick Tombalides and I at the Freedom Fest conference in Las Vegas and Stacey Selleck and Scott Tillman at the Young Democrats of America National Convention in Indianapolis, Indiana. Let's go to location and get the full story. All right, uh, Nick and I are here right uh, in the exhibit hall of Freedom Fest 2019. We're actually right in front of our U.S. tournaments booth. And uh, I'm uh, staring at a sign that says, commies aren't cool, <laughs> and another one that says, live free. So you yep. get some idea what this conference is all about. It's a libertarian-based uh, conference where people come to celebrate uh, free markets and limited government. Yep. Oh, yeah, here's one. Big government sucks. (laughs) And, of course, we are the sanctuary from partisan politics in the sense that we like to bring people of all ideologies together. And part of that means going to places where people of different ideologies dwell um, and talking to them about term limits. So we go to Republican conferences. We go to Democratic conferences. And now we're at a conference of uh, libertarians. And, you know, the reaction we get from the people that are attending this conference that come by our booth and, and talk to us about tournaments is pretty much the same as we get at any other type of convention, whether Republican or Democrat or this Libertarian one. That's amazing. Um, everyone yeah. is for this issue. You, you could walk around this room. There are probably, you know, 100 different groups here. Um, and a lot of them are talking about uh, increasing liberty, limiting government and all that. And, and you would know from being in... You know, 95% of the room that this is a libertarian conference. But if you just spent your time at the U.S. term limits booth, you wouldn't know what people thought no. of the partisan no. issues. Because no. it sounds it sounds just like a Democratic conference, sounds just like a Republican conference. We've got some notable people from up to the uh, booth today. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. I'm sure our listeners on. probably remember Herman Cain. He ran for president in 2012. And uh, Herman reenacted a famous moment from a presidential debate when... He was asked whether it's important for uh, someone to have a lot of experience, a lot of experience in government, a lot of experience in Congress, and he said, "Well, we've got a Congress that's the most experienced of all time. How's that working out for you?" <laughs> Very good, perfect. And he's perfect. gonna he's gonna uh, do. A, a, he told me an endorsement of U.S. term limits, and we'll be able to put that on our website. Excellent. Arkansas politicians have waged war with its citizens over term limits since Arkansas voters passed tournaments on their legislature and their congressional delegation back in 1992. It was the Arkansas tournaments law, in fact, that led to the 1995 U.S. Supreme Court split decision, U.S. tournaments versus Thornton, that invalidated congressional tournaments in 23 states. But that case left state-level tournaments in place. Tom Steele is the chairman of the Arkansas Tournaments Ballot Question Committee and ably recounted the sordid history of Arkansas tournaments in not a lifetime job, bring back stricter term limits, an op-ed that appeared in the Arkansas Democratic Gazette on June 24th. A 1992 citizen-referred constitutional amendment established legislative term limits in Arkansas for the first time. Winning in 70 of the state's 75 counties, the proposed constitutional amendment passed with 60% of the vote. It limited state representatives to three two-year terms and state senators to two four-year terms. Legislators could serve full terms in each house. 
it did not count the two-year Senate terms caused by reapportionment, so some senators could serve ten years and a few twelve years. In two thousand four, legislators ignored the will of the people and placed a proposed constitutional amendment on the ballot, which extended term limits for both representatives and senators to twelve years, not counting two-year Senate terms caused by reapportionment. Despite a well-financed promotional campaign funded by the Arkansas Farm Bureau and others, this proposal suffered a historic defeat in the 2004 general election, when 70% of the voters said no to the legislature. Over 700,000 voters said no. All 75 Arkansas counties said no. In 2014, still chafing under the 1992 term limits, legislators placed Issue Three, the so-called "quote Arkansas elected officials' ethics, transparency, and financial reform amendment," end quote, commonly referred to as the Ethics Amendment. Using a ballot title that is now widely considered a brazen fraud perpetrated on the people by legislators, voters were essentially tricked into gutting the same term limits they had strongly supported in 2004. According to Ballotpedia, only seven of the 135 members of the Arkansas legislature voted against referring this Trojan horse to the voters. Despite a public awareness campaign by the volunteers of Arkansas term limits. That featured a large wooden Trojan horse at public events across the states. Voters were largely unaware that the ethics amendment would gut term limits for legislators. The carefully crafted, deceptive ballot title did its job. Voters thought they were voting for ethics reform for politicians. Issue three narrowly passed in November 2014 with 52% of the vote. It changed term limits for state representatives from six years to sixteen. State senators can now serve up to twenty-two years. Of the states with legislative term limits, Arkansas sits alone at the top in terms of how many consecutive years a senator or representative can serve in the same office. Written by politicians for politicians, Arkansas now has the weakest term limits in the nation. After issue three passed. Hundreds of outraged citizens from across Arkansas formed Arkansas Term Limits, a ballot question committee (BQC), registered with the Arkansas Ethics Commission to sponsor a term limit amendment that would restore the 1992 terms. This effort collected over 50,000 voter signatures, but fell short of the 84,000 plus needed to qualify for the 2016 ballot. In 2018. Arkansas term limits again sponsored a citizens' initiative designed to restore the six and eight-year limits approved by Arkansas voters in 1992. Unlike the 1992 amendment, it counted two-year Senate terms caused by reapportionment and set a ten-year cap on total service in the legislature. Over 120,000 voter signatures were collected. Far more than the 84,859 needed to qualify for the 2018 ballot, the Arkansas Secretary of State verified 93,998 signatures and certified the measure for the 2018 ballot. Randy Zook, president and CEO of the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce, funded by Arkansas Farm Bureau, Nabholtz Construction, the State Chamber, and others, challenged the initiative petition. 
the cumulative administrative stumbling blocks created by the legislature with an assist from the Arkansas Supreme Court were successful in derailing the initiative. In a narrow 4-3 ruling, the court ruled for Zook, striking 9,926 voter signatures and disqualifying the Arkansas term limits amendment from the ballot. The signatures of 9,447 registered voters were disqualified due to administrative hurdles enacted by the legislature. Even though state senators can now serve up to 22 years, the politician's idea of good term limits, it apparently isn't enough for Senator Alan Clark. Clark sponsored and the legislature passed SJR 15, a new term limits proposal that removes lifetime limits on how long a legislator may serve. It will be on the 2020 statewide general election ballot. Under the proposal, legislators first selected after 2020 can serve as many 12-year stints as they like, interrupted by four-year breaks. Current legislators get up to 22 years before they take their first four-year break. As a poke in the eye to the citizens group, Clark and his allies have co-opted their popular name, the Arkansas Term Limits Amendment, perhaps trying to confuse voters into thinking theirs is the citizens' proposal. I suggested the legislators call theirs the Lifetime Politician Amendment. Arkansas Term Limits will seek volunteers and sponsor a real Term Limits Amendment for the 2020 ballot. And yes, we will change our popular name to the Arkansas Citizens Term Limits Amendment. It really feels like there's a new energy here today. Oh, there is. I heard you say to somebody today that uh, we've had more, made more progress in the last year than this movement has made in the last 10 or 15, and that is, that's true. What's happening in the states with the, the Terminalist Convention, what's happening in Congress with our hearings that we had last month, and uh, with the, uh, the bills in both houses and all the co-sponsors we have in our pledge program, it is. There is a new energy, and I'm... And, Boy, it's alive in this room. We haven't heard a lot of skepticism, but when a skeptic does come up to the table, it's always usually the same objection. It says, I love term limits. I would love to see this happen. It's long overdue. We have to stop the career politicians. But you know what, guys? Congress is never going to vote for it. And I I don't mind this. It's exciting when someone comes up because... It's a softball for us. Yeah, I get to tell them, actually, we don't need Congress at all. We can go around Congress. The states can do this on their own. Nobody in Washington can stand up and object to it. And when you tell them that, when you explain the way the term limits convention works, their eyes light up and they get excited. They want to volunteer. That's right. Most people don't even know that exists. It's eye-opening. I tell them, right, we have a new strategy and it's working. Absolutely. Now, at the same time, while we're here talking to the Libertarians, um, another part of our team is over in Indianapolis, Indiana, at the Young Democrats uh, of America National Convention, and I talked to them earlier today also. Let's set the scene a little bit. Uh, Where exactly are you two? We're in Indianapolis, Indiana, at the Young Democrats National Convention. And uh, what's your goal? What are we doing there this weekend? We're talking with activists, getting people to sign up, finding people who are um, interested in term limits in states where we plan on being active with our Article 5 and also with Congressional Pledge Program. So what kind of reception are you getting from folks at the booth? It's a great reception. People are very excited to have us here. They're very excited to talk about term limits. It's about 
you know, the same ratio that we see everywhere where you go. Most people who are uh, come by and talk to us are either very much in favor or they're an elected official or they work for like <laughs> Right. Um, right. Okay. A lot of them are also running for local office and they're okay. very interested in term limits too. Great. That pledge we got, is that for a, a state representative or for a federal uh, congressional candidate? Actually, it was a state representative from Oklahoma. Oh, that's good. All right. Great. Because these are party activists. These are actually partisan Democrats. And I'm wondering how familiar they are with the debates uh, surrounding tournaments that have been going on in their party over the last year or so. For instance, the little mini rebellion of uh, young House Democrats um, regarding the, uh, the speakership of Nancy Pelosi, in which she you know, agreed to tournament herself. People have not been familiar with that particular discussion that's been going on. But when we bring it up and talk about how you have new members who are trying to get things done and are very aggressively pursuing solutions and things and that they're being stymied by, you know, leadership in both the House and the Senate, people pick up quickly on that. And they understand that the longer somebody's in an office and the fact that, you know, most of our congressmen on both sides are spending 70 percent of their time out fundraising, that if they were to solve a problem like the health care problem or the immigration problem, that it, they can't, you know, go fundraise on those issues anymore. So people are very excited to talk about how new members are actually taking you know, strong positions and trying to lead on the issue and they're being stymied by leadership. I have a little bit of a different opinion, I think, on that because I did talk to a couple of people and they were almost split on the um, the leadership fight with um, AOC and Pelosi. Interesting. Um, yeah, some of them thought um, she needs to learn how to play ball a little bit better, um, mm -hmm. AOC that is. Um, and that the party needs to stick together. And then um, a few of the other ones are actually sometimes upset that um, the, the younger folks don't really have a voice and don't reach the levers of power uh, soon enough. It takes them too long. And those are definitely the term limit supporters. And I actually did hear from some of them that they were kind of upset that the Democratic Party of Indiana um, favors incumbents. We have had people comment on the fact that the DNC told consultants that they should not be helping people to challenge or they wouldn't be allowed to work with people who are challenging incumbents. There, that discussion has come up multiple times while we're here. People are uh, very frustrated about that. Yeah, they don't want primaries in their incumbent races. Oh, right. So even at, yeah. even at a purely uh, partisan conference, you're, you're running into that. That's excellent. The reach of tournaments is just across the board, anywhere you go. Even there. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, uh, any talk of the presidential candidates? Because as we've been talking about on previous podcasts, um, you know, a good quarter of these candidates running for the Democratic nomination for president are supporters of tournaments. Well, there is a lot of talk about the Democratic presidential candidates. Um, Elizabeth Warren seems to be the most popular candidate people talk about, but people don't really have a whole lot of opinions about where they stand on tournaments. That, discussing that issue hasn't really... Uh, they're more in tune to other things and they're more concerned with who can win um, at this right. point. Okay. Yeah, I had an impromptu kind of straw poll and Elizabeth Warren blew everybody away by far, like 97% of the people I asked. There are a handful of Kamala supporters and a few Bernie supporters. Mm -hmm. No, I didn't hear anything of Biden. I didn't hear anything of... Um, any any uh, candidates dropped by the booth? Are there any big shots at the convention? Well, we have not seen any... Um, major Democrat candidates. We did have the gentleman from the DNC, was it the vice chair, coming around and thanked us for being here. Yeah, it's good to be seen. Uh, excellent. I did have another candidate in Mississippi, Antoine, and he definitely wants to get with us and sign the pledge as well. 
So you're going to leave there with a bunch mm -hmm. of names and a bunch of new uh, potential uh, tournaments uh, activists. Activists, yeah. Yes, we are getting lots and lots of signups. We are getting a great reception. People are excited here for the same reason they're excited at every other uh, conference that we go to. They don't feel like their representatives are, you know, representative of them, and they realize that leadership is what is stopping the new people they elect from actually making the changes they want done. Great. Thanks, guys. This is a public. Jim Ross is probably the best-known American professional wrestling commentator, and he's currently signed to All Elite Wrestling as a commentator and a senior advisor. Ross is no political pundit, but some of his recent comments on his Busted Out podcast in July shows that his worldview is in line with the 82% of Americans who support congressional term limits. You know, I get so damn sick of hearing about, oh, the left side of the aisle, the right side of the aisle, oh, the left, the right, the demo, Democrats, the Republicans. Uh, we all we all got to understand what these politicians are. They're all the same. They just wear a different jersey. They all have the same agendas themselves. The the era of public servants has gone to hell, and the professional politicians are in vogue. And we see that now, where you know all these ridiculous things that are going on, and it rubs off on. It's a societal thing. Thanks for joining us again this week. U.S. Tournaments wants to reach as many different groups as possible, representing every political party and ideological point of view. Anyone who opposes corruption and seeks change is a natural advocate of term limits. If you know of any conferences or events that we can participate in, please let us know. We can also provide a speaker for larger events. Of course, the easiest way to amplify the voice of the term limits movement is to encourage your friends and family to tune in to No Uncertain Terms podcast. When they ask where I can find it, please tell them to search for No Uncertain Terms on whatever platform they use for podcasts, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever. For podcast newbies, send them to the website at www.termlimits.com forward slash podcast. And they can choose an episode and become part of the inner circle of a movement that is going to change the way Congress works forever. We'll be back next week. Follow us on Twitter at U.S. Term Limits.